0: Never doubt the faithfulness of God and also never despise the day of small beginnings because God is able to do great things. And I trust that as we come into his word today, that something will be triggered in your heart by the Holy Spirit, irrespective of where you are, what your circumstances are, what you're going through, that will inspire hope and really give you a future. Amen. I know we all want to celebrate because we've come together as a nation and uh, we want to brag and boast and say that we are the champions, which is great. It really is great. I only wish that our whole nation can come together and rejoice as excitedly as they do over sport, that they would do the same thing over Jesus. He is the champion of the world. And because of him, we are not only champions, we are more than conquerors. Amen? So quickly, let's have a word of prayer, and we're going to dive into uh, continuing or winding up Our series, you've been doing a series called Plot Twist, and um, I don't know what the problem is with Ryan. Really, there's a problem somewhere. Because whenever you guys are doing a a, a series, and I'm invited, I'm always invited to close up with the most difficult one of all. (laughs) Because the title is Hardship, so that's why I want us to pray. So let's pray. Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So, let me start this morning with a question. But uh, I'm, I'm trusting that you have a changed heart and that uh, you're no longer the person you used to be because you are now a new creation in Jesus. And as a new creation in Jesus, you've got to be honest, okay? So my question is this. My question is this, this morning. Who here in this meeting this morning has never had a hardship? Hardship. Because I want to meet you after the meeting, if that's you. I want to learn your secret as to why you've never had a hard time. Okay. Because hardships come to all of us, to everyone in life. All kinds of hardships come to us. Okay. And there are very few people that can actually say that they've never been through a hard time. It doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are. At some stage of life, we all go through difficulties and hardships. And the difficulty or the problem with hardships revolves around actually how do we handle hardships? How do we deal with them? So how do we handle that? And I trust that some way through the message this morning, God's going to speak to your heart and encourage you and help you. So, you know, our hardships sometimes feel... Um, so difficult and pointless. Kind of like, why am I going through this thing? I don't see the point of me going through this thing. And Sometimes it's just so difficult for us to comprehend, to understand, to put it into context, and, you know, it really is difficult and seems so pointless. But even in the midst of all of that, I want to tell you, with all of that, things can change and do change with God. And so... I want us to start with this, like a key text, if I can call it that, this morning, out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. Be joyful, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So taking that scripture, the first thing I want to encourage you with this morning is that if you perhaps are going through a difficulty or a hard time right now and you're not making any sense and you're not, you're not kind of seeing a solution in your situation, I want to encourage you to depend on God's presence in that hardship. It says, be joyful, pray continually, give thanks. And I know it's difficult to be joyful when you're going through hardships, and sometimes we don't even feel like praying because we kind of think, what's the point of praying? And give thanks? No. You know, we, we, we're just so consumed with the situation and the circumstance. But when we start praying and giving thanks and, 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 and um, um, uh, being joyful, expressing joy to the best of our ability, it's bringing God into those circumstances. You see, because God is a very present help in times of trouble. Scripture tells us that. And so often we forget that because we think we are so alone and having to handle that problem on our own. And so I want to say this, and please put this in bold letters in whatever Bible you've got right in the beginning or use it as a bookmark. We can never escape the presence of God. So often... We're so consumed, and we forget that God's promise to us is that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And so God is always with us in every circumstance, in every situation, every day, every moment, every second of our lives. And God is as much with us or even more so with us in times of hardship and trouble. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I have. You know, some people are with you, when things are going well. You know, how how things, oh, great, you know, da, 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 you know. But that same person that seems to be with you when things are going well is nowhere to be found when you're going through difficult times. Have you ever experienced that? Okay. I I call those people fair-weather friends. Fair-weather, you know. I don't know if you've ever heard that saying, but that's really what it means. Somebody that's, With you when times are good and not with you when times are bad. But God's not a fair weather friend. God is always with us. You see, and so I want you to be encouraged. Ask God what he wants you to do during that hardship. Now that might seem strange because one of the hardest things for us to do when we are going through hardships is to find something good in it. Because all that we can see is the bad. All that we can see is the difficulty. And so it's hard for us sometimes to see or find any good in that hardship. But we can ask God to help us to open our eyes, to sensitize us to that so we can find something good uh, during it. Okay. and is it, is it because we focus on the hardship and in front of our eyes, all we've got is pain and the hurt or the difficulty or this big mountain that's in front of us that we don't see any good in that situation. And so we just focused on this problem. How am I going to get out of this thing? Why, Why is it so painful? Why did this have to happen to me? You know, you know? that's what we focus on. Instead of being joyful... Instead of praying and saying, "Okay, Lord, I don't understand. Uh, I, I, you know, I really don't understand. I can't comprehend why I've got to go through this thing." But nevertheless, I know that you said in your word that you'll never leave me nor forsake me. I know, Lord, that you're here. Help me, Lord God, not to be sad and depressed and 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 so negative in that situation. Give me something to grab a hold on so that I can be joyful even in the midst of this circumstance. So that. Lord, I can see what you want to do either in me or through me in this set of circumstances. And when I start doing that, when I start doing that, I'm focusing, I'm taking my focus off here. My vision is no longer on this thing. My vision now becomes on the God who's able to take that and make it a plot twist moment and change that negative thing into something positive for me. See, it's bringing in that presence. It's now I'm depending on God's presence rather than on my own ingenuity, rather than on my own ability or on my own intellect in that situation. I'm now changing that plot, and I'm relying on God's presence in that situation. Okay? I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you when I'm saying to you, be joyful. Pray continually. Be thankful. I'm not kidding you. Really, I'm not. I'm not. She goes, when we put that word of God into action, into action, it's the same thing when Jessica came up and she said, you know, I want to encourage you with the word when it comes to tithing, put the word into action, because it's a living word. The Bible's a living word. I want to tell you, it becomes alive when we believe it and put it into action. You know, when we begin to honor God, when we begin to be generous, I want to tell you that's when we start experiencing generosity coming in return. And whenever we put the word into practice, that's when the word becomes alive. See, so if I'm focused on my hardship, focused on my problem, all I can see is this. I can't see a way out. I get miserable. And the more miserable I get, the more miserable I get, if that makes sense. (laughs) But when I start stirring my joy, saying, God, help me to find something good here. Father, you know what? You're here with me. Lead the way. Give me understanding. Give me insight. Man, it turns around. It turns around. I'm bringing God's word into that situation. I'm making that word alive in my situation. And I want to tell you, it changes things. But sometimes we don't like to admit that when we're going through difficulties, God may have allowed that hardship to come for a reason that only he knows. Even I don't understand why I'm going through this thing, the one thing that I understand is that God understands what I'm going through. Even if I don't know why I'm going through it, one thing I know is that God knows why I'm going through that. Okay? And so sometimes uh, I think it's because when we're in the situation and we do ask God, I think we put an expectation upon God to work in those circumstances, the way we view our circumstances, or the way we view how God should answer our situation. And then because again we have our eyes on this and not really having uh, letting God have the freedom in his knowledge to work with us or with us through that situation, we then create a greater problem for ourselves because then we become frustrated and disappointed, oh God, you know, can I really believe in you? I asked you and you didn't come. You didn't step up. You didn't step up to the plate. You didn't really. Because I'm blinded. Because I'm so obsessed and all I see is this. And see my preconceived idea of how God should have answered. See? Instead of just saying, okay, God, I don't really understand why I'm going through this difficulty. But I do know. You know why this is happening. You know that there's a reason for this. So I want to take heart And I want to find hope, and we can, because of what Jeremiah says about God. Remember that scripture in Jeremiah? He says, God has a plan for you. God has a plan, and God has a future for you. And God's plan is not for evil, but for good, because when we're in that situation, all we see is the worst. We don't see any possibility of good. But we need to remind ourselves, I can take heart. I can find hope. Even though I'm going through this difficulty, God, I know that you're here with me. And there's a reason for it. Even I don't understand this reason, God, I'm going to submit to you because you know what you're doing in this situation. You know why I'm going through this thing. See, and I can do that. I can do that. All right? Because God gives me a hope and a future. And if you understand the context of that scripture, when God spoke through the prophet Jeremiah, he was talking to the children of Israel who were going to go into bondage to Babylon for 70 years. And so they were a little bit disappointed, a little bit frustrated because of the hardship that they were going to go through. And God came and God gave them an encouragement. He gave them a word. He gave them a hope and he gave them a future. He said, you're not going to be in this situation forever. It's a 70-year period. Don't worry, guys. Just settle. Just work through this thing. Work with me and you'll come out. And so often we don't. We want to tell God how to do it instead of, you know, understanding God's purpose. And that's why I said God knows everything. See, and so we can go through the hardship And we can depend on God's presence in that hardship. Yes, bad things happen to good people. Even people that are devoted to God. And uh, people that are doing his work and his will experience adversity. A great example is David. Do you know the story of David in the Bible? There was David doing God's will. Serving King Saul playing his harp, calming him down from the evil spirit that he had. And you know the story of how Saul just relentlessly persecuted him. And, uh, uh, you know, in spite of David's faithfulness, he found himself in a difficult situation. Okay? So good things do, uh, or bad things rather, do happen to good people. Okay? But I want the word of God to do the talking this morning. I want us to have a look at some examples here. And the first one that I want to go to is Hebrews 11, verse 36 to 39. And listen carefully. Hebrews 11 is that great hall of faith, the fame of all the big guys. And so often we just concentrate on the first people who inherited the promise, and we forget that there were people who also went through a lot of hardship and difficulty. And those are the guys I want to look at this morning very quickly with you. Okay, Time doesn't tell to tell about Barak and all the rest of the guys, but I want us to pick us up here quickly in verse 36 to 39. It said, some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins. Can you just check your clothes? Have you got sheepskins or goatkins on this morning? They were destitute. They were persecuted and mistreated. And the Bible says the world wasn't worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and in holes in the ground. And listen, they were all commended for their faith. That's what I want us to understand here. Even though the persecution, the hardships that these people were in, they were commended for their faith. Because even though they didn't receive the promise, they remained faithful to the Lord. Why? Because they had their eyes on the future. They didn't have their eyes on the problem. They weren't living for now. They were living for something yet still to come. And listen what Peter says. Peter says this in 1 Peter 4, verse 12 and 13. He says, dear friends, okay, because these things happen. Don't be surprised at the painful trial that you're suffering, as though something strange was happening to you, but rejoice in that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you might be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. You see, so when we're working with God and we're suffering, even though it's unjustly uh, or it's something that uh, we don't understand, when we work with God, God will bring change possibly in us which will reveal the glory of Christ in us, and the world will see. But hey, here's somebody who handles hardship differently. Why? Because we experience those plotless moments. We're not moaning and groaning and telling everybody about our problem. We're talking to God. We're saying, God, show me. What do you want to do in me? What do you want to do through me? And when we submit to God, God brings about the change by the working of the Holy Spirit in us, and people say, man, hey, I wish I was like you. I wish I was like you. And then they start mentioning all the adversity or all the the incidents of the problem that you're going through. They say, but how do you handle it? What a wonderful opening to share your faith. What a wonderful opening to be able to talk about this wonderful God that you claim to serve. Look at what Paul puts in Romans 8, verse 35 to 37. He says this, "Um, I know that we've become very lazy as people because we all have a little phone. I didn't bring my cell phone with me purposefully because we take it out and we've all got a Bible app and we, you know. But I want to encourage you, put the app away, take the hard copy, memorize the scripture because so often when we're in that circumstance, we we, we don't know uh, what Or how to respond or what to think. But the more we memorize scripture, the more we get the scripture in here and in our heart, the more um, ammunition, the more uh, uh, tools we are giving to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will bring it to remembrance. Whatever situation we're in, there's always a promise, there's always a scripture, there's something that God will bring out to bear in that situation. And maybe you're going through a difficulty today. Maybe it's so big, that problem. Maybe that hardship seems like it'll never end for you. I want you to be encouraged from this word. It says, it says this, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written. Remember when Jesus was facing the temptation of the evil one? in the wilderness, and he said, if you are, if this, if that, if the other, and so often we do the same thing, oh, if only God would do this, if only I can win the lotto, if... <laughs> Where's your faith, sister? In Tatama Chance or the living God? You hear what I'm saying? Okay? He said, it's written. It's written. What was written? The word of God. So you can stand there and you can say, man, it's written. God is with me in this situation. It's written. God will work in me. It's written. God will take me through. It's written. Yeah. But so often we don't have the tools because we've never memorized. We've never put scripture within. And he says here, for your sake we face death all day long. We are like sheep, considered as sheep to be slaughtered. He says, no, no. In all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. That hardship's not going to break you. That hardship's not going to contain you. That hardship's not going to defeat you. Nothing's going to separate you. God, that loving God that we've been worshiping today, is right there he's going to give you breakthrough." He's going to take you through. Again, from these scriptures, we see that all of us uh, face occasional hardship. It's a certainty about everybody's life. So when we go through that, don't say, why am I going through this? Say, okay, listen, God, there's a reason for this. Whether I'm at fault or whatever, it doesn't matter. There's a reason. I'm going through this thing. Take me through. See, even as a Christian, we all face it. There's no guarantee just because I receive Jesus as my Savior that I'm not going to have hard times in my life. And sometimes that's our mindset. We think, just come to Jesus and all get sorted out. No, coming to Jesus, how it gets sorted out is because maybe I have to learn to take responsibility. Maybe I need to learn to change. Maybe I need to learn to be doing some things and getting off my... Never mind, okay. (laughs) You see, in fact, when we simply do God's will, it sometimes brings hardship into our lives. Listen to what God said to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy, chapter 31, verse 6. He says, Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Not. When you get into that difficulty, that hardship, say, God, where are you? God's right there. Just say, God, reveal to me. Reveal yourself to me. Reveal to me what I need to be looking for in this hardship. Okay? I want you to understand that God gave this word of encouragement to the people of Israel before he sent them to go to war for him. So God gives an encouraging word, knowing that some of these people are going to go to war. They're going to die. They're going to lose their lives. They're going to get hurt. So he gives them this word of encouragement. And God's already given us this word of encouragement. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And sometimes we forget about those promises because as we are sent into this world, because Jesus said, I'm sending you as sheep in the midst of wolves. And you know what a wolf does to a sheep? It tears it apart. And sometimes as Christians, we get abused, we get hurt, we find ourselves in difficult situations, and we forget. We forget. God's already said, listen, I'm with you in every situation. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Okay, God, I'm in this, but you're here with me. You're going to take me through, okay? See, bad people can't stop a good God. Bad people can't stop a good God. And while bad things may happen... There's a limit to how much harm they can afflict upon you as a believer. Because God's sovereign. And God's sovereignty ensures that malicious plans will not always succeed. The devil will not be the final say. He will not be the victor. And you will not be the victim. In the end of the day, the devil will be the victim, but I'll be the one that's victorious. And you as well. Amen. Amen. And so what we need to understand that sometimes God in his sovereignty allows things to happen for his purpose. That's why I said to you, God knows everything. We don't always know everything. But because we know that God knows everything, he's got a plan and a purpose through everything. Okay? So if I've got to suffer up to this point, God knows that I can't bear any more than that. And he will not allow it to go beyond that point. And so Peter tells us in his epistle, in his letter, in chapter 4, he says this. He says that we should rejoice in the part, when we participate sorry, in the sufferings of Christ. We should be overjoyed. We should be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. Okay? And so if I'm going through this, God's going to bring that change, as I've already said, and somehow it's going to be seen by those around me and they'll see that I'm steadfast. I'm unshakable in my faith because I know that God is here. I'm going to have a plot twist moment. Things are going to change from bad to good. doesn't matter how bad these people are to me. It won't go beyond that point, okay? I don't need to throw in the towel, as it were. I want to make a statement. And if you can underline this, get it into your thinking. Remind yourself often, Remind yourself that God always has a plan and a purpose with everything that we are called to go through. So rather than when we get into a hardship or a difficulty or things don't seem to be going the way that we think they should go, instead of moaning, groaning, and complaining, instead of you know feeling sorry for ourselves, we need to say, God, I don't understand why. Um, it seems unfair. But I know you have a plan and a purpose for what I'm experiencing right now. And maybe there's someone in the meeting that needs to hear that. Maybe there's more than one of us that needs to hear that this morning. Going through a hardship, going through, God, you've got a plan and a purpose. Reveal that plan. Reveal that purpose. Lord, so that I can stand and become stronger in my faith through this. You know, and the moment that you start doing that, as I've already said several times, plot twist moment, focus off the problem, focus on God, and zap. Things change. Sometimes instantaneously, and sometimes gradually. But things change. Things change, okay? And so... Uh, I want you to really, really lay that into your heart this morning. And then a good God doesn't negate good sense, okay? Because it's still important to use the intellect that God's given us. It's still good to use the information that we have at hand so that we can make wise decisions while we also recognize God's sovereignty, okay? As a believer, we shouldn't become fatalistic. Ah, what will be will be. I'm called to go through this. This is my burden. this is, you know. uh, Instead of glorifying God, what am I doing? I'm just drawing attention to myself and making everybody around me miserable. Oh, it's the same old story again. Do you like being around people like that? You know? Ah, you know what? This is my lot in life, you know. Every time you meet that person, you know, first of all, the, 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 the yoke is up, yeah. And then eventually the yoke is down, yeah. And then eventually it becomes a joke. Because you just don't like to hear about that same old problem, same old problem. Amen? So don't become fatalistic, all right? No. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Rather act responsibly. Let me use David again as an example because he was there earlier on. Yes, David with Saul. You know the story of how David approached Saul while he was sleeping. Saul didn't even realize that David was there. David had the opportunity to spear him. Now I've got you in the corner, buddy. Now I'm going to sort you out. You ain't going to suffer me anymore. You're not going to cause this uh, and make my life any worse than it is. But what did he do? He acted sensibly. He used his wisdom. Because had he killed Saul, he would have prevented his own coronation in becoming king of Israel. And so often when we're in those circumstances and we get the opportunity to do something, sometimes we can be guilty of doing something stupid. Making an unwise decision that will rob us of the future. And I want you to understand that there's always a future. There's always something good that can come out of that situation. See, if we act irresponsibly and and make unwise decisions and we hastily try to sort out the problem instead of waiting upon God, because David was anointed. When Samuel came to him, when he was still a little boy, he was already anointed to be the future king. If he had acted unwisely, he could have robbed himself of that destination. And sometimes we do just that. We want to take matters into our own hands and we do stupid things when that opportunity arises, okay? And so I want you to know that we should act responsibly and sensibly in those circumstances. How? Ask God. By asking God to reveal the blessing in that hardship. Because every hardship has a blessing. If I look back over my life through the hardships that I've been, I couldn't sometimes see the blessing at that moment in time. But looking back, I can see the blessing of God. As I submitted myself to God, as God worked in me and through me. If I had acted irresponsibly, New Life Church wouldn't be here today. I'm I'm serious. I went through a hardship in ministry. I wanted to leave town. A minister in Durban said, "Come and plant a church on the bluff." I didn't have two cents to rub together. I said to my wife, "If he gave me four hundred rand, now you'll laugh. Four hundred rand would have been able—I would have been able to put all my furniture in a in a a removal truck, and I would have been able to move to thing. But I didn't have even two cents. Four hundred rand was a lot of money in that day." But if I'd taken matters into my own hands, but instead I waited upon God, sought God, and God opened the door for New Life Church to be birthed. So, there's always a hidden blessing. Learn to discover that blessing by asking and waiting on God. Don't become impatient. Don't become impatient. Sometimes we're so impatient. You know, I watch people when they go to the ATM. You know, when they go to the ATM and, and they put it in there. You know, sure. If that people don't. You know, if there's anybody in front of you in the queue, have you been to the bank and somebody's been in front of the queue? Instead of taking five minutes, they take fifty minutes. You know, and we become so impatient. Don't become impatient with God. Okay, all right. Quickly now, Hebrews uh, eleven. 13 to 16 all right quickly as we as we start to wind down and come to a close Yes, okay, right Hebrews 11 13 to 16 all these people were still living by faith when they died They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them underline that and welcomed them from a distance and they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth people who say Such things show that they are looking for a country of their own if they'd been thinking of the country they had left they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared a city for them. Okay? So, whatever you're going, is going on in your life, God can use it for good, to help you, to teach you, to make you a more productive Christian. Okay? The secret is not to let your, the events of what's happening in your life to rob you of your focus and your vision. These guys were going through a hard thing. But to be encouraged and to, um, and to be strengthened in that situation and to go through that situation, they looked for something beyond the physical of the present moment. And so often as Christians, we live for the world and we live for the moment without realizing that if we've been born again by the Spirit of God, we are now spiritual beings. This world is no longer our home. We're strangers and pilgrims going through and we're focusing on that which is to come that which is to come. This life isn't all. So often we make this life everything, when in actual fact, that life is the life that we should be living for. And that's what happened today. They saw it from afar, and they brought that into their circumstances. And that's where I'm encouraging you today. When you are in that difficulty, in that hardship, don't lose your focus of who you are and where you're going to Bring that into your situation. Bring God into your situation. Bring that future into your situation. And I promise you, you'll be able to go through. You'll make it. Hallelujah. All of those people that I mentioned in Hebrews 11, that's exactly what they did. They looked beyond the awfulness of their situation, of their circumstances, to embrace the possibilities of victory within their grasp. And that's what I'm asking you to do today. a plot twist moment as we close off this series. Realize that that is within your grasp. It's within your grasp, okay? Focus on the goal that God has for you. Maybe you had a goal when you were younger and your problems and difficulties in life has robbed you. I want to encourage you, refocus onto what God has promised you. Bring God into the situation. God can renew. God can restore. God can do miracles beyond what you could even believe or ask from him. And then as we close, bad times call for good friends. And again, let's use Jonathan this time, Saul's son, okay? When David was being persecuted, even by his own father, he was the guy who stood with David. He was the guy who spoke into David's life. He was the guy who strengthened. He was the guy who encouraged. He was the guy who called David back to God's purpose. Don't forget, this is what your destiny, David. This is what God's got for you. Don't be stupid in this situation. And friends, we all need people to help us, to encourage us. When we get so woeful, when we become so willful in our circumstances, we need people to call us back to God and remind us of our destiny. We need them. We need them, okay? We need good things. And I want to just say this. If you're born again, we are family. See, being a Christian is more than just your own life. It's being involved in the life of others. And let's become family. Let's not just be united in the rugby or whatever sport as a group of people, but let's be united in our understanding of Jesus Christ and as family. Let's be there for one another. Let's not just spend an hour in church, rah, 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 worshipping God, great as it is, and then duck out. Let's get to know each other. Let's encourage one another. Let's identify with one another so that God can do a greater work through all of us and really impact the city for his glory. Closing now because my time is nearly up. Nearly up. I must utilize it because I won't be here again for a little while. Okay. Let me leave these three things with you as I close. In handling hardships. And I trust you've learned something. Number one, depend on God's presence in that hardship. Bring God into it. Okay. Secondly, discover that blessing. Because that will help you refocus. Discover a blessing in the hardship. And number three, draw closer to God in the hardship. Because so often in those hardships, we seem to draw away from God. Because we're more concerned with the hardship and the difficulty. But let's refocus and draw closer to God. God, you've got a purpose. God, you've got a reason. God, there's a reason why I'm going through this. God, there's something you want to do in my life. What is it? Show me. What is it that you want to do in my life? What is it that you want to do through my life? Let's draw closer to God. And then finally, I want to just leave this thought with you. Will you view your life through a biblical lens, a biblical worldview? And what do I mean by that? Always looking for those plot twist moments. Those instances where God's intervention and sovereignty will make all the difference in your life and in your situation. Where he can change the course of those events. But do it with faith and do it with anticipation. Expect God to do great things. Because of that is where you as a believer will find joy and peace in doing God's will. Amen. Come, let's pray. And while we're praying, if God is speaking to you, will you just raise your palms to God upwards and receive from him this morning. Lord, you know each one by name. You know every circumstance and every detail about every circumstance of every individual's life today. And so, Father, I commend your people to you, and I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, God, you will take the word that has been delivered today and work with it in the lives of your people through the circumstances that they are facing, are called to face, or are going through right now. Let it be a plot twist moment And Lord, will you change it? Will you bring good out of it? And Father, will you be glorified through it? And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.